goes. Welcome, I'm Joe. And I'm Roddy. And you've joined us for Stage Door. We have a fantastic hour for you talking all things theatre, film, and arts, including lifting the curtain, giving you the inside info of all that's going on nationally, locally, and digitally. Snooping around backstage to bring you the news and the gossip. Then, of course, we'll highlight our pick of the week. And you can join us and take part in Name That Show. Yep, that's where we ask you to guess the musical from three sneakily brief clips of songs. And then there's our quick quiz, where Roddy's hoping to beat last week's performance of one out of seven. (laughs) Oh no, I hope we forget that. Then later on in the show, don't miss Out of the Vault, where we share the plot from a show that you might not have heard of. Then don't miss part two of our spotlight interview with Ollie Hancock. Yay, that's all packed in before midday here on Stage Door. And that's live across the Thames Valley. This is River Radio. Hi, Roddy. You're a little bit too chirpy for me this morning. I'm feeling great. I drove in and as I moved around the M25, the clouds cleared. And as I entered the Thames Valley, the sun streamed into the car. So it's put a spring in my step. Yeah, okay. Can we just like... Calm it down a little bit. Just a tad. No, thanks. I'm having a nice time. I kind of feel like I've got a hangover, but I don't. (laughs) Like, do you know what I mean? It's only because I've been working till the wee hours for the last few days and it's just starting to take its toll. Yeah, a little jaded. Yeah, just a little bit. But hey, I'm here. I am excited to be here. Good. Always love being on River Radio. Yep, it's a great joy. And now last week I got grumpy about train platform announcements. There's something else that's been irking me this week, which is face masks. Okay. Why does it need the word face? Where else do you put a mask? Don't have Ooh. a bum mask, do you? <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. That's really so brilliant. So odd. It's like, why, why do we say that? Uh, and the other thing that I thought might uh, cheer you up, if you're feeling, you know, just a little a little sub, is uh, it's 64 days till Christmas. 64! <laughs> yeah. Woo! I'm so excited! Sorry, did we peek that? <laughs> yeah, you did. You got through the roof. Only dogs could hear that. Listen, I've been planning, you know, the, the Jam Theatre's Christmas show since September. So, you know, I'm really, really excited. And, of course, tickets are on sale today, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you, Joe loves Christmas. I do. I mean, whether it's a hot chocolate or... or Organising shows or buying people presents. Yeah. Oh, I love, love, love. Yeah. Do you keep Haribo in business around Christmas as treats for students? Um, no, I try and do a little bit better than that. I, no, oh. Not that Haribo isn't fantastic, it is. Um, but no, I try and, and actually get lots of vegan sweets and oh, things like yeah. that. Yeah, because obviously people have changed how they eat now. Yes. Um, and so, you know, there's lots of really great little... Uh, other companies that provide stuff. That you're supporting, yeah, I mean, Joe provides an absolute <laughs> smorgasbord of sugary delights at Christmas to entertain. Yeah, as well as other fun little silly things to yes. do, because Christmas should be fun and silly and laughing and... Well, you bought me that lovely yellow jumper. 
I, that still goes down very well today. That was for your birthday. Yeah, I know, but my birthday's so close to Christmas, it's basically one big festival for me, isn't it? That is <clears> true, that is true, yeah. But it's a lovely jumper, and I get comments I'm, on it every time. Oh, I'm so pleased. People compliment it, and if, particularly in Marlowe, I'm like, well, Joe bought it. And they're like, oh, really? It's nice. <laughs> well, funnily enough, I already bought your Christmas present ready. Oh. Because I saw <laughs> something... Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Um, no, it was only because it was so you and it was a while back. See what I mean? It's October and she's, I don't buy my <laughs> presents until about three days before when Amazon from- emailed me to tell me that the prime delivery window is about to close. Oh, okay. Not the local garage or anything. <laughs> no? It's one of those small bottles of gin and some very nearly dead flowers. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. I do enjoy a Christmas shop. I used to do it on Christmas Eve, just hurtle around sure. the actual shops. And I loved it because the atmosphere was great. Oh, Everyone bet. was loving lovely to each other. So it's like an American movie at Christmas. Yeah. Like, sort of thing, you yeah. actually spoke to people in the queue because the people who were there were all the last minuters and the shelves had started having all those little buy one, get one free labels on it. So actually got some great discounts. The only problem is everyone's got wise. So now Christmas Eve is hectic as anything. Sure. And I hate it. Well, you know, but Christmas is a lovely time where people are usually kinder to each other. Yes. Than any other time. So I... I I think that's quite interesting. It is. There's a lovely passage from Charles Dickens, which nearer to Christmas, I might read you to well, get us into we the, do lots of things at Christmas for spirit. Christmas shows. Oh, I can get a sound effect of some sleigh bells ringing. Oh, my word. The only problem with my jumper is that people people notice the date on the front and they're like, what's that date then? And I fob it off as just a really cool date from the 80s. Fantastic. But it says 1984. Oh, thanks. Great. <laughs> There's me tiptoeing around yeah, it. Yeah, but our, our poor viewers, you know, viewers, viewers. listeners. <laughs> Staring forlornly at the screen, waiting for the broadcast to start. Exactly, no. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's got a good year. Just a random, just a random cool year. 1984. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to go year, away from this. 1984, the year when you were born. Oh no! And the year that I finished high school. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Right, well, look, I feel like you've managed to uh, fizz yourself up into into oh a frenzy word. now. So, so we, ought to, we ought to name that show. Let's go. Name that show. Listen up, let me tell you a story. Oh, and that's going to sock a punch as well. Uh, a lot of people are going to love this one. Yeah. Do it again. Yeah, yeah, here it is again. Listen up, let me tell you a story. That's some vocal, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Whacking that out to the back of the gods. Very nice. Uh, so, hi, has anyone has anyone already got that? I uh, have. Let me have a look, quick look. Um, if you think details. you know what this is, it is... Um, <laughs> Did you about to tell not, us? No, I'm not going to tell <laughs> anybody. Is. No, uh, River.Radio, Joe at River.Radio or Roddy at River.Radio. Tell us what you think that is. Um, let me just open up my uh, folder with the leaderboard. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. That's leather-bound, very smart. I don't do things... We like stationery. So if you know what it is, tell us, uh, uh, sort of on my leaderboard, it's got whether you've got guessed it in one, two or three clips. So please, just just, can we do one more? It's so short, Roddy, one more. They're all very quick today. Here's the first clip. Listen up, let me tell you a story. Now, this show that this comes from, because we want to name the show, not Mm, the song, um, has been in the news this week as well. So um, hopefully that might give a little help. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, well, in the theatre news. Yeah, OK. Not the <laughs> not, BBC. Not, yeah, and now it's six o'clock. <laughs> uh, great. Right. Well, let's lift the curtain. I love this bit, Roddy, because 
it's sort of like you and I kind of sneaking around, which sounds a bit dodgy in the first place, finding what the little tidbits of information is that you might not find in general. Yes, absolutely. And our sh- sharing what we find with our gorgeous listeners. Yeah, like a blood hand, we've been sniffing around through the listings to find the really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've you know, lucky I only wear you know Converse because otherwise everybody would hear me sneaking around in the, <laughs> in the heels, you know, on the on the floorboards. Oh, I've got a squeaky trainer at the minute, so they hear me coming. I'm excited. You've talked about the Jungle Book before yes, coming I to have. the lovely Watermill in Newbury, and um, now we know it's on from the 18th of November to the 31st of December. We do. That's long since been discussed. What I'm particularly excited about is not only have they announced the car. And my lovely friend Pip is in it, so oh, we'll get fantastic. her on stage door. Yes, uh, please. But the other lovely thing is that they're going to do a whole load of pajama performances, oh. which I think is glorious. So they're going to do them at five o'clock That's at five pm, yeah. so that obviously, and um, so that young audience members get a sort of bedtime story experience. Um, so they're doing them on Sundays, uh, the nineteenth and twenty sixth of December. Then on Monday the twenty seventh, Tuesday the twenty eighth, and Friday the thirty first. So How? they're doing. Gorgeous. A series of PJ shows. That's really sweet. Take your little kids, you know, with their teddy bears, yeah. you know, kind of get nice and cosy. Let's hope that the parents are not in their PJs, but... What? I thought, <laughs> I'm, I'm up for going in my PJs. It reminds you, you know, when you were a kid and you feigned still being asleep so that you could get carried to the car. <laughs> I mean, can you just imagine, during, instead of clapping, you'd be like, if I if I nod off in seat B27, Dad's <laughs> going to have to carry me to the back of the car. Yeah. How lovely. Yeah, that is a really clever and beautiful... Beautiful way to get kids yeah. enjoying things. Magical. That's really I suspect the parents will be wearing their PJs because after a year of being on Zoom with no one able to see you below the desk, that's what everyone wears now, right? Slouch around. Um, not everyone, Roddy, but if you do that, that's fine. I'm just going to check under the desk. <laughs> what, how are we doing? Oh, it's a dress. Well, you know, just make a bit of effort for you. <laughs> yeah, very nice. You're looking lovely. Hearts necklace. Very nice. <laughs> okay, we don't need to tell the world uh, that I only wear black. <laughs> Um, also, um, just back on Jungle Book, last week's name that show was oh, from yeah. the Jungle Book, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, so we played that out. Yeah. And um, other things that I've enjoyed seeing in the news uh, this week, uh, that um, Matilda, lovely Matilda, is going yes. to feature as part of the Royal Variety Show. Now, one of, one of my favourite things to do of an evening mm-hmm. is to disappear down a YouTube rabbit hole. Um, and quite often I find myself drawn to, there's a Royal Variety performance where the four original West End Matildas sing uh, Naughty. Is it naughty? Yes, it's naughty. And it's glorious. Yeah. So they haven't been there for years at the Royal Variety, but it's really lovely that on their 10th anniversary... They're coming back. Um, they've, there's also Moulin Rouge, the musical's going to do a performance there to mark their opening. So quite sweet that, you know, one's celebrating 10 years, Moulin Rouge is celebrating, ten year, uh, is celebrating its opening. But the other, the other thing that happened to me last week, I went to a little birthday party. Who for? Um, oh, details, details. And whilst I was there, there was, a, there was a young lady who I met who seemed very jolly. But you know, when you look at somebody for a while, you're like, why do you look familiar? And I spent I spent about three hours thinking, oh, no, I must just have seen her on, you know, social media or something. Turns out she was one of the original Matildas in Stratford. Oh! And so this happened to me on, uh, what's that, Game of, Game of Thrones. There's a girl on Game of Thrones who was one of them as well, and now is, you know, 20-odd, and looks very different. You know when you're like, why do I recognise you? Uh, and it's because the, those original Matildas, for me, incredibly special. Um, you know, they, they jointly won an Olivier. It's uh, amazing, isn't it? Incredible. So that's I mean, the, the talent of young people these days is beautiful, and it's really great to have 
They're McNulloged as well. I think, frankly, disgusting. There's too much of it. Oh, is there? Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, so we, I should... We need to knock this on the head. Shut my performing arts school if down. You, <laughs> if you could. Yeah, thanks. Um, listen, also um, in the news, I don't know if you have watched this yet, but twice now we have had Jaden Vine uh, in the interview chair. Oh, yeah. Um, once from um, after doing Starlight Express in Germany and then recently when he was in Pippin yes. in the Charing Cross Theatre. Well, at the moment he is on BBC Three in the new TV show, I Like the Way You Move. I have seen that trailer. Yeah. yeah. So um, so that's great, isn't it, to, that our friends and, and guests and everybody is just doing so well now that the industry's open up yeah, again. Yeah, and looking for love. Looking for love yeah, and dating successful. Show. And it, I tell you what, his hair looks good. <laughs> I mean, I say this as a man who's, um, I mean, my flowing locks, listeners, let me tell you, they're down to my waist, blonde, luscious, curly, I'm bald. Um, and Jade <laughs> looks great, like, whizzing yeah, around. Love yeah. it. No, their first number, um, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but the first number they did was absolutely stunning and you know they are still together and oh yeah, i've not seen that oh spo- yeah. i mean spoiler no no sorry they're not no but the whole thing <laughs> listen the whole thing is on bbc3 you can watch and and splurge the whole series so great know, yeah now some slightly sad news from the performing world this week leslie brickers died i know which is i mean one of those people who's got so many songs that it's my mind blows i mean he went in the songwriters hall of fame i think in the 80s um, well, it's even earlier than that. Oh, really? Well, no, he might have been in the um, Hall of Fame then, but he started writing with Anthony uh, Newley. Do you remember Anthony oh, Newley? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so way, way, way back. I mean, there's, there's the, he'd written Dr. Doolittle, there's Goodbye Mr. Chips, Scrooge, I love Scrooge, and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Well, back in 1961, um, they wrote Stop the World, I Want to Get Off. Oh, That's yes. 1961, that's before wow. I was even born, Roddy. Whoa, when everything was still black and white. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, you know, Roar of the Grease Parade, Smell of the Crowd, and of course Willy Wonka and, uh, and everything like that. And Le Jazz Hot, which is an incredible song from Victor Victoria, right? With Mancini. Yes. Jazz Hot, baby. Are you auditioning for a show? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and also, Goldfinger. And you only live twice. I mean, legend. I mean, if you if you want a way to crowbar uh, me into your uh, crowbar your way into my affections, write a Bond song like Wow, that's impressive, right? That's huge. But, yeah. I mean, this guy Two has of them. this guy has been a legendary uh, writer composer um, since he began. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like everything he didn't just do a blast of stuff he continually writes stuff that we still appreciate now yeah, and influences other people so that's just absolutely awesome so thank you leslie and have a wonderful time in heaven yes now speaking of i've actually been hallelujah i know i finally managed to go about time mate what fun now did we've you? got we've got to tiptoe around some spoilers here okay very carefully true. yes we must did you enjoy it I did, very much. What would you give it out of five stars, Joe? Five stars? Um, four? Four, four and a half? I'd go 4.75, I think. My only negative is it's too long. And there's a good 20 minutes I can smell in the middle, which I'd have yeah. got rid of. But that's really nitpicking. I think we all have been waiting for so long. Yeah. And we know it was Daniel Craig's last one. And, you know, I, I just think we've given it a little bit of leeway Yeah. on that, a little bit of grace. Yeah. 
um, for that. So I think if it was something that came out every year, that might be a bit different. But, but that's part of it, though, isn't it? It's an event. I mean, I went. My friend turned to me and handed me a dry martini, and we cheers that. Beautiful. That you went new tuxedo, didn't you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> full bib and tucker. And it, I mean, yes, it's a bit long, but um, Daniel looks great. Actually, mm. Daniel Craig as Bond. Uh, he's aged into it in a way that now, when I looked back at a bit of Casino Royale, he looks a bit wet behind the ears. Whereas he looks fab in this, I think. Rugged. Yeah, and it could also be because it was his last one. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but maybe they're not making him up so much. But I think there's something suitably weather-worn, because in the history of Bond we're used to, you know, nearly 70-year-old men playing it at yeah. times. Ah, Roger. Then so, that was an impression of Sean Connery saying Roger Moore's name. Um, all appalling. It was but, meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want another attempt? No, thanks. Um, uh, but it's... I really enjoyed it. I think he looks great. I loved playing Spot the Phoebe Waller-Bridge influences, both in the script and in even some of the setups. Did Okay, so give me an example of one. Um, there's a moment when a um, woman in the film exits her scene and it's very clear that that is the end of that moment, that there's no expected dot, dot, dot from there on in. Right. Because normally he'd take her to bed. It's just like, thanks so much, I've done my job, I'm a professional, which I really like. Yes. Um, other little wry moments with slow looks. Um, there's a, uh, another moment where someone gets shot immediately after they've said something which would very much irritate the person they're speaking to and you go, yes, boom, go! And, yeah. And it just felt like it wasn't... Did it feel cleaner in a way? Yeah, it felt more contemporary, but not in a way that... Um, it didn't feel like it was ramming anything down anyone's throat. It just felt right. It felt comfortable. It didn't feel like anyone... You, you didn't have that moment where you sometimes wince because it's a bit dated, mm. I didn't think. Um, I really loved it. Good. Um, and the music especially. I mean, you know I like my Bond music, but the um, Cuba chase, uh, or rather there's a, there's a... It's Hans Zimmer has done this one for the first time. And I have moods on Hans, um, but there's a bit where it just keeps surging, which I really enjoy. love how dirty that is, those horns, yes. that wow, wow, wow. Uh, very exciting. Anyway, that was Bond. Highly recommend it. Yeah, fantastic. Um, listen, we've spoken briefly about the Tom Jones musical. Yes. Yeah, so that's um, up in uh, the Birmingham Repertory Theatre, um, and it's up and running, and Dominic Anderson plays Tom Jones, and he... Is fairly new, um, yeah. Art said Grab, but he um, was really hailed uh, in... Oh, in the Rocky Horror Show. Oh, we've got a we've temporary got a fire, alarm. fire alarm going no, on just, now. We're just having a little look around to see whether or not we need to leave or whether this man's going to turn it off. Okay. Well, should we carry on talking? Uh, <laughs> what's happening, Ready? Well, they're all still staying there, so I reckon you tell me more about Tom Jones the musical. Okay, so Dominic Anderson plays Tom Jones, and as I said, he was uh, really regarded in the Rocky Horror uh, role. Um, Bronte Barbe. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, plays Mary Weston, um, Tom Jones's wife. And she was Carol King in the beautiful tour. Nice. Uh, so that's going to be really, really great. It looks fantastic. The previews, um, you know, interviews, all that kind of stuff looks fantastic. So colourful. The set looks amazing. Uh, there we go. We have no longer got the... The fire, fire. has been put out. It's been <laughs> doused by lifting the curtain. Listen, how how, um, how dedicated are we to our listeners? <laughs> <laughs> Clung to the sinking wreckage. Um, anyway, so 
if you want to have a quick look online to the sets and the photographs of uh, Tom Jones, it looks phenomenal. Well, it's on now until the 14th of I mean, November. It's Tom Jones, right? So, I mean, it's this ridiculous thing where it's managing to crash the music in with the, the novel, the Henry Fielding novel, which I was nervous of because we were saying that Joe DiPetrio's Diana the yes. Musical had absolutely flunked. So I thought, oh no, is this going to flop as well? I but mean, it's, it's had four and five star reviews. Yeah, it looks fantastic. The Guardian uh, headline is, what's new put Cat, which is the title, yep. High Voltage Collision of Two Tom Joneses. It looks, as you say, great yeah. fun. So, uh, you know, what do we know? Uh, <laughs> let's have a little break for some music and uh, just douse the flames a little more. Presents the Incredible Dreams, singing their latest hit, Heavy Heavy. Heavy Heavy. We polish off lifting the curtain with a little bit of our pick. So our pick of the week is a local one. It's the Kenton. On the 31st of October at 2pm at the Kenton Theatre in Henley, there's the Dong with the Luminous Nose. And that's an interesting... What is that? (laughs) is having a little snackaroo over here. What have you got? Oh, nice croissant. Um, Thank you for my croissant earlier. Uh, The Dong with the Luminous Nose. Interesting title, right? It's an Edward Lear nonsense poem. And not only did the title catch my eye, but it's brought to us by the designer, director and composer partnership behind Little Angels, the giraffe, the Pelly, and me. Now, you know I love the Little Angel. We talked about it a lot on Stage Door. Um, the design of the puppets really resonate. I recognise them in the photos, the publicity photos. They are beautiful. Um, now, a dong, just to put your mind at ease, is a nonsense word for um, the boy who's the star of the story. Um, he's bereft, he's lost yeah. his mind, he's lonely. And there's lots of nonsense in the poem. Zemery Fid, for example, is the name oh. of the place the Jumblies arrive. Love it. Um, but it's from the it's uh, from the uh, a team of people who've worked at the Little Angel a lot, which is the sort of hub, the home of British puppetry. Um, it's got some beautiful puppets in it who are a swarm of shapeshifters, dancing chairs. There's even a troublesome telephone. And the Guardian said it's a deliciously visceral experience that leaves the young audience with their skin tingling and their Ooh. curiosity piqued. Well, for more information, I. Sp- 
spoke to one of the cast, uh, Andrea Sadler, to get the lowdown on what it's all about. Well, it's based on the nonsense poem by Edward Lear, who's probably best known for The Owl and the Pussycat. Ah, yes. And it's about these weird and wonderful creatures called Jumblies who went to sea in a sieve. (laughs) And what we've done with this show is kind of give it a bit of backstory. So it focuses on a young boy called Edward, who, for reasons I won't go into because it's a spoiler, he ends up being quite alone and, you know, Mm. experiencing isolation. Yeah. And then the Jumblies arrive and everything changes. It's kind of a coming of age story about him, really, that that really awkward bit between being a child and being an adolescent. And his life is kind of changed forever by these weird and wonderful creatures. Who plays the weird and wonderful creatures? All of us do. So it's a cast of five. (laughs) Great. And the central section is entirely the Jumblies arriving and they are abstract puppets and they're beautiful. They're beautifully made. They're exquisite colours, weird and wonderful shapes and we're all operating them and then some of them will join together and then they look like something more figurative and then it dissolves so it's it's just endlessly surprising that middle section it's it's really it's such good fun to do as well oh gorgeous and is there music as well then there is music yes uh, a guy called ben glastone has done an original score so we're singing and the whole the whole show is underscored as well beautiful sounds like a feast for the eyes and the ears it is it and is. what's your role my role is everything um yeah. <laughs> it's definitely it's a very much an ensemble piece so the five of us are pretty much not off stage the entire time. One of the puppets, the lanky Edward, the sort of adolescent <laughs> Edward, has up to three puppeteers on him at a time. So I'm I'm on Edward, I'm I'm doing the jumblies, I'm doing lots of other different characters. We all are. And it's it's so nice to have that kind of collaborative experience. Mm. And there's such a level of trust between us all, you know, doing all of the it's it's so finely tuned to the soundtrack. And tight teamwork as well by the sound. Yeah, it? it really is. And it, it's really essential. And also as a performer, it's just great to have so much to do it's literally the show yeah. starts and 55 minutes later you just go what happened <laughs> it's over <laughs> I didn't stop Whomp, yes. there it went and how long have you been doing it well we first did it two years ago at Little Angel Theatre in London so it had a, a run in-house there and it was supposed to tour this time last year but obviously Covid put paid to that so we've been touring this now since early September and Kenton is our final date <gasps> oh so it's your big finale yes yes it is and that's on Sunday the 31st at 2pm is it that's right Halloween <laughs> oh right it's quite a weird show in a, in a delightful way so it's quite it's fitting it should be a Halloween finale oh so it must be lovely to revisit something that you started two years ago yeah and two years ago it was part of we were actually devising the piece so that was really exciting. So Peter O'Rourke, who designed and made everything and has also directed, had made these incredible puppets in his workshop in his home. And they were all just laid out and we just started picking them up and playing with them. And we had he had a very clear idea of, of the story, but particularly the jumbly section because it's so abstract. We just discovered all of that ourselves. So that was a really great devising process. Yeah, sounds like it's got a great sense of fun to it. I did a show at Little Angel a couple of years ago, so I'm very fond of it. What was your show? I did Sleepyhead. Oh yes, with Michael Faust. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I love Sleepyhead. It was brilliant. So Michael was in the Dong two years ago. Ah. But he's, he's too busy. He's doing Spitting Image. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Andrea. Have a great show at the Kent and I hope it's packed to the rafters. It's such a treat to finally be back doing live theatre with a live audience in real time with everybody in the same room and there is no substitute for it. 
So all the Zoom stuff that happened, all the online theatre was was great and it was the next best thing. But there is nothing like having people there reacting in real time. It's just, we're just so thrilled to be back on the road. Well, that's from Andrea Sadler. I mean, honestly, she's sold this show so brilliantly. I want to go see it. Uh, it's on Sunday, the 31st at 2pm in the Kenton Theatre in Henley. We're so lucky to have London-based shows touring out our way so that we get to see them. It's for 7 plus and it's 55 minutes this Sunday, Sunday the 31st. Uh, check it out. Uh, this is River Radio. You can listen on our website, river.radio, on our mobile app for Apple and Android. Just search for River Radio Live and you can even tell Alexa, play River Radio Live. Name that show. Here's your second snippet. Oh, now listen, if there are any of my students who don't know this already <laughs> by now, um, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. They're all still in bed. <laughs> Email joe at river.radio, please, or roddy at river.radio and tell us what you think that song is. So you might recognise the song, but it's the show we want the, uh, the title of. Yeah, I mean, if you know the song, you know the title, don't you, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the two are slightly connected. Uh, speaking of quizzing people's brains... I always want to have a banana at the end of that. <laughs> That's because I sang it yeah, several okay. times. I can't not hear it now. I know. <laughs> do, 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 do. Now, I have a treat for you. I have questions you that have been before, yeah. emailed in. <laughs> oh, okay, God. so these have been sent in by, by people. By whom? Oh, right. yeah, well, oh, no. I'll say who they are, but... You know, right. You well, might if those same people could actually email me to help me. <laughs> Although last week I discovered as I walked out, I got about three texts come in because right. my signal wasn't working in here. So oh. people, I hadn't been left so lonesome as I thought I had been. Oh, that's that's great. Well, I don't think you're going to get any help. This time. is where. Oh, cheers. This is where I expose <laughs> my ignorance to the world, and I'm quite prepared to do that. You know, every every day's a learning day. That is true, and I'm just listen. I'm just using you as a guinea pig in a way, Thanks. so that other people get to learn. All these wonderful facts. Just so you know, I don't approve of testing on animals. Uh, <laughs> and also, also, I feel like I'm providing a public service. Granted, we're yes. not the BBC, but we are providing a public service. That's what I've using literally me, just said. Using me as the dummy through which everyone else yes, can Yes, I hope feel you clever. listen to me because that's literally what I said, but in a nicer way. No, no, no. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> oh, shut up, buddy. Right, here we go. Are you ready? Yes. Number one, this was sent in by Mark. Okay. I don't know the answer then, yeah. (laughs) In Greek theatre, what is the literal English translation of orchestra? Okay, in Greek theatre, what is the literal English translation of orchestra? I mean, I can be a total prat and tell you that it's orchestra. Oh, uh, thank you. And I can tell you what it is, but I don't know the literal translation. Anyway, good luck, me. Okay, number two. You'll know this one. This was sent in by Sharon. Sir Toby Belch is a character in which Shakespeare play? Okay, yeah. Yeah, good at that one? Yeah, yeah. So just in case anyone missed that, Sir Toby Belch is a character in which Shakespeare play? Question three. This is sent in by Jesse. <laughs> okay. The National Theatre is home to many amazing productions, but it is also home to what animal? 
The National Theatre is home to many amazing productions, but it's also home to what animal? Oh, yeah. Are insects animals? Is that... Uh, is that we're, we're saying mm, they okay. are. Okay, great. <laughs> I mean, I think they probably are. It's just checking that I'm yep. on the right track. Okay. Yeah. Question four. This is sent in by Chris. Uh, name. Uh, what is the first name of the two Gershwin brothers? So the first names of yeah. the two Gershwin brothers. Okay, I know one of them. Okay. Um, and question five, sent in by Freya, which rock musical based loosely on the opera La Boheme tells the story of a group of poor young actors, uh, artists struggling to create a life in the New York City's East Village? You should oh, know this one. Yeah. Joe's yeah. on. looking at me, one of those like level with me Come faces on. of like, oh, we've talked about this. We've had it on the show. We have. Yeah, I think I know. Yeah. Okay, right. so, but if you want to help him, Roddy at River.Radio. Yeah, please. Here I go. Uh, Woo! Back up. Uh-oh. Watch out. Uh. You done wound me up. Not to show you what I'm working with. Uh. Well, Alibaba, he had them 40 thieves. Shaharazadi had a thousand tails. But master, you're in luck because up your sleeves, you got a brand of magic never fails. You got some power in your corner now, heavy ammunition in your camp. You got some punch myself. And how? All you gotta do is rub that lamp, and then I'll say, Mr. Man, what's your name? Whatever, what will your pleasure be? Let me take your order, I'll jot it down. You ain't never had a friend like me. Life is your restaurant, and I'm your maitre d'. Whisper to me whatever it is you want You ain't never had a friend like me We pride ourselves on service You the boss, the king, the shy Say what you wish is yours to dish About a little more baklava Have some of column A Try all of column B I'm in the mood to help you, dude You ain't never had a friend like me Oh, uh. It's the big part, watch out, it's the big part, oh! Can your friends do this? Can your friends do that? Can your friends pull this? Out of their little hat, can your friends go? I'm the genie of the lamb, I can sing rap dance if you give me a chance, oh! Don't sit there, buggy-eyed. I'm here to answer all your midday prayers. You got me bona fide, certified. Got a genie for your charge affairs. I got a powerful urge to help you out. So what you wish? I really want to know. You got a list that's three miles long, no doubt. All you got to do is rub like snow. Mr. Aladdin, yes. One wish or two or three. Well, I'm on the job, you big nabob. You ain't never had a friend, never had a friend. You ain't never had a friend, never had a friend. You ain't never, never had a friend. You ain't never had a friend like me. Ah, uh, lovely little Aladdin number. <laughs> I know what it feels like not to have any friends. I have been left <laughs> out in the cold again. So one out of seven last week. Yeah. This is five. Ready? Yeah. Are we ready? Cheers. You got your little, yeah. yes, I've got it right, sound effect? Uh, yes, I have. Okay. Uh, uh, I won't need it much, but yeah. <laughs> okay, the first question was in Greek theatre. What is the literal translation, English translation of orchestra? 
is it where the chorus stands? It's the circular section that in uh, Roman theatre got halved into a um, hemisphere, and it's where the it's where the chorus stand. What's the translation? The dancing place. Oh, yeah, I probably yeah. didn't know that. Once upon but a time. Mark knows full well that he was being quite evil <laughs> by sending that one in. So thank you, Mark. I this- can tell you what proscenium is, but yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Sharon sent in Sir Toby Belch is a character in which Shakespeare played. Twelfth Night. Very good. Oh, there we go. Yes. Don't forget that sound effect when we can have it. <laughs> uh, Jesse sent in that the National Theatre is home to many amazing productions, but it's also home to what animal? Bees. Stroke insect. That's correct. They keep beehives they on the roof. They do, and they sell honey. That's fantastic, isn't it? Question four sent in by Chris. What is the first names of the two Gershwin brothers? One of them's called George, right? Yep. Oh, I don't know. Porgy. <laughs> Ira. Ira. I, I knew it began with I, but I couldn't yeah, work out. Yeah, Ira no. and George Gershwin. Um, I get a half. Well, that's that's a full tick there. Is it? Yeah. I only got George. Okay. All right. Which rock musical based loosely on opera uh, La Boheme tells the story of a group of poor young artists struggling to create a life in the New York City's East Village? Rent. Yes. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I think I think Joe would have made me walk out of the studio I if I ha- got that wrong. I would have. So that's what? Four, three and a half? Three and a half. Three and a half out of five? I really ought to to write my score down as I go rather than just try and hold it in my head. And thank you to all those people that um, emailed in with questions. If you have questions for Roddy in the Quick Quiz, just send them to me, Joe at River.radio. I will be more than happy (laughs) to challenge this lovely man with your question. Oh, gosh. I need a recovery after that. Slumped in my chair. Let's have something soothing.
gorgeous. Gorgeous. So that's flowers from Hades Town. Nice. It's really, really beautiful. Well, that's it. It's time for Out of the Vault. Okay, right, okay. here we go. I'll put the pin in. Yep. Just squeeze around okay, the don't, corner. Don't forget your croissant. Ah! Well, you've got half a croissant now. My coffee's in my hand. That's the priority. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I've got M on the Rolodex. M. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so just pass that. It's the, it's the aubergine-coloured uh, folder. Aubergine. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There. Oh. Cute. Fantastic. M, M, M. Ooh, Motown the Musical. Yeah. Let's go with that one today. Um, so Motown the Musical is... Um, a fantastic show based on the life of Berry Gordy. Now, Berry Gordy really created um, the whole Motown um, culture, I suppose, yeah. is, is the right word for it. Um, and the show itself um, it provides the insight into how Berry Gordy, who started with just $800 that he begged from his family, uh, went from being a featherweight boxer to a heavyweight music mogul. The musical begins in 1983 at the Pasadena Civic Auditorium, where some of the world's biggest recording stars are gathered to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Motown Records. Now, Gordy refuses to join the union because... Um, he was still hurt and upset that all the people that he discovered had sold out to bigger firms. Yeah. And I think, you know, having watched the show several times, it was really quite heartbreaking to hear, um, not of the betrayal, but there was obviously clearly a misunderstanding on yeah. a lot of things um, that went on. And, you know, he was uh, with Diana Ross um, for a very, very long time. And, of course, she even left him to uh, take a $20 million offer from RCA oh, Records. That's painful, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, he discovered people uh, like the Supremes and Diana Russ, uh, Jackson the Five, Stevie Wonder, Temptations. You know, he put all of those people on the map. Um, he worked with um, pre-existing people like Marvin Gaye and Smokey Robinson as well. It's, you know, without somebody like that to champion you and to put money where the mouth is, yeah. you know, it's very hard for anybody to get anywhere. Uh, so I can completely understand, you know, why he was quite heartbroken because he poured his whole heart into all yeah. of it. You know, he lost his marriage over it. You know, there's so many things that he sacrificed. Um, so the whole thing is told through flashbacks and uh, Gordy's fame grows swiftly during the 60s. His record label draws in, you know, these amazing uh, names that I've just mentioned. And soon America socially and racially that has been divided finds a common ground in this music you know um trying to get the the records on white radio stations as well was quite a uh, feat um but he managed to do that and eventually you know uniting the the whole country through music uh he went on to produce 110 top 10 hits from 1961 to 1971 and he was also the one responsible for releasing three of martin luther king's speeches um Right. Out there as well. Wow. So that's um, Berry Gordy. That's Motown the Musical. Now, it's not on in the West End anymore, but it often does go for a tour oh, and nice. things like that. So go and appreciate the music and enjoy it. I'm now going to play one of my favourite pieces from it, um, which is a little um, collab of two songs.
I don't know about dancing in the street, dancing in the studio. Joe, would you sit back down? <laughs> I love it so much. You're listening to River Radio online at river.radio on Apple, Android and Alexa. You can listen again on our website. We're a podcast on Apple and Spotify now and coming soon to DAB. And still to come, find out if you've correctly managed to name that show. But now to our Spotlight interview. We started it last week. We couldn't cram it all in and hadn't got to the juiciest goss about Back to the Future yet. we pick it up as I started getting nosy about his work abroad. You've worked at the Shanghai Ballet, I saw. What took you over there and what was it like working internationally? Unbelievable. Like The opportunity to go and do that is one that I will really cherish for a long time. So I went with a, a friend of mine called Tiffy Thorsessenstun and he's from Iceland and he's a, he's a licensed designer and he was asked to go and design Lady of the Camellias for the Shanghai Ballet, which is a very prestigious company. They do shows in rep all over China so I went out as his programmer for just over a month and we teched the show about two hours outside Shanghai in a place called Haiyan uh, and then we went to the uh, Shanghai International Dance Centre and the Shanghai Cultural Square which is where a lot of the British shows tour in and it was really such an incredible mm. experience to be out there and to see China we had a kind of week off in the middle and we went to Beijing and saw all of the sites there what was obviously quite an interesting thing was working completely through translators yeah. the creative team were all British because they generally tried to bring a British or an American creative team every year we had to communicate with the crew and the dancers through a translator you are always kind of up against the translator maybe not being as well versed in lighting speak you know so you're asking for a source four to be moved and they're not quite sure what a source four is but we got the show done and it looked amazing and i love ballet as well so it was great Aww. i'd love to go back at some point brilliant from ballet to opera i saw that you worked at glyndebourne which is pretty much the gold standard right so what were you doing uh, there i did 2018 and 2019 summer seasons and then i also went back and helped them out with the tour for a bit and i was part of the electrics department as it's called there dealing with the day-to-day needs of a very very busy rep opera in a season there are six shows that go on so starting at 8 a.m we'd have rehearsals till one and they rehearsed on stage with full set then from one till about half past three four o'clock there'd be a full changeover so the next show taking out Cosi Fantute in the morning putting in magic flute for the evening show and an evening performance because it's kind of an experience of going there you have an hour and a half interval so you can have dinner so generally the show starts about four o'clock and then overnight there would be a whole another crew that would come in and put Cosifantute or whatever it was back on stage for the ATM rehearsal and it, it went like that and it was pretty full on there was usually like two weeks in the middle of the summer where all the shows would be in the building Crikey. so you'd have just set everywhere opera sets are renowned for being fairly big and impressive right yeah you certainly learn a difference between being in a west end theater where a show might take a month or a month and a half to go in and then somewhere like Glyndebourne, where yeah. you've got a set that's the same size if not bigger as a west end set 
but it's got to come down in three and a half hours, you know, and it's just a completely different kettle of fish. So I learned a lot from those two years I was there. Great. Well, funny you should mention the West End, because from opera, I then see you went to an opera house in Manchester to kick off Back to the Future Live, which has finally opened in London. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's generally, the deal with shows that want to go into the West End is they do an off-West End stint, basically to tech them, get them all up and running because obviously the time in London is so much more expensive. It's called the Opera House. It's a lot smaller than you'd expect an Opera House to be. It's had some shows that have gone on to be really big deals in the West End there. A good breeding ground. Great. Yeah, exactly. It is, it is. Now, have you had a go in a DeLorean yet? I have had a go in a DeLorean. I've got to be very careful about what I say about the DeLorean because of getting in trouble at work. But yes, I have sat in the DeLorean. And I also had my birthday picture the other day standing on top of the DeLorean. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Brilliant. working on such a iconic oh. show, I do have to kind of take stock of it uh, sometimes because this is such a huge institution. It, and that's just yeah. shown by the bands that come, you know, fans that have travelled 7,000 miles to, to see the show. It's quite amazing, actually, to be part of something like that. The atmosphere must be incredible, yeah. Yeah, our first preview in London, it was the first time I'd heard a live audience for a year and a half, whatever, just standing backstage and having that wall of sound coming on stage was just nothing nothing quite like it, really. Amazing. Electric. Electric, absolutely. So, how did you get involved? The production manager, Simon Marlowe, mm. who was the production manager of North by Northwest, and I've done various other things for him, called me up and said, we're looking for someone to look after video. Would you be interested? I'm very glad I did, actually, because obviously it's an awesome show, but also Corona happened. And then about three quarters of the way through Corona, they we got the call saying, we've got the Adelphi, you know, we're going ahead with the production. And of course, that's lined up quite nicely with kind of coming back into work where the freelance world has definitely picked up, but certainly isn't at the level as it, that it was before. Yeah. So now having a, a full-time job to spend the next couple of months doing has actually been a really good thing. So Worked out really well. And how lovely to be part of that sort of triumphant return. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, I imagine you can't tell us too much about this, but I imagine your team were quite closely involved with some of the illusions. How much were you able to get involved with making that magic? So the video designer is Finn Ross, and it was in collaboration with his animation studio, Frey Studios. So in terms of me getting involved with the creativity of it, it was very much making the system work for them to make sure that they could achieve what they wanted to achieve. But what I will say is that video does play a very large role in the making of the story. There's an illusions department as well, and they were very much in charge of making things happen. Our video role was to aid that a lot. One of the more difficult parts of my job is that everybody is absolutely on tenterhooks to make sure that a video system works. As we all know, computers develop problems literally out of thin air, and it takes a team of 100 scientists to try and work out what happened. So you're always very much on the lookout. You're a fixer. I'm a, I am a fixer, and there are things that you know, you'll get 15 minutes before the show starts, and you notice that something's not working properly, and you think... Right, should I fix this now or should we just run with it? <laughs> it's going to be critical. Amazing. Well, as well as being a perfectionist, you're a pioneer, you're certainly prolific and you're doing incredibly well. So it's brilliant that you're able to take time out to talk to us today. Everyone should come see the show and have a good time and then we can we can talk about it afterwards. Um, <laughs> Great idea. I can't wait to see it. Ollie Hancock, yeah. thank you for joining us on Stage Door today. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
another easy little clip. Well, legendarily, Henry VIII is supposed to have written that. I mean, I think that's <laughs> apocryphal. But go on, Joe, put us out of our misery. What is this week's Name That Show? Name That Show is Six. Yeah. Oh, I had the applause I before I said it then. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's... We'll- Go on. I was going to say that's the song The Ex-Wives. Yeah, we'll play that full track from Six. But for this week, that's it from us. Join us next Thursday at 11 on River Radio. And we have the cast of Bedknobs and Broomsticks with us. All here on Stage Door. Divorced. Beheaded. Died. Divorced. Beheaded. Survived. And tonight, we The glories and the disgraces. I'm done, cause all this time I'll be just one word in a stupid rap. So I picked up a pen and a microphone. History's about to get overthrown. Divorced, beheaded, died. Divorced, beheaded, survived. But just for you tonight, we're divorced, beheaded, Married 24 years, I'm a paragon of royalty. 
My loyalty is to the Vatican, so if you try to dump me, you won't try that again. I'm that Berlin girl, and I'm up next. See, I broke England from the church. Yeah, I'm that sexy. Why did I lose my head? Well, my sleeves may be green, but my lipstick's red. Jane Seymour, the only one he truly loved. Rude. When my son was newly born, I died. But I'm not what I seem, or am I? Stick around and you'll suddenly see more. Ich bin Anna of Cleves. When he saw my portrait, he was like, yeah. But I didn't look as good as I did in my pick. Funny how we all discussed that, but never Henry's little prick up your ears. I'm the Catherine who lost her head. For my promiscuity outside of wed. Lock up your husband's, lock up your son's key. Howard is here and the fun's begun. Five down, I'm the final Survivor Catherine Paul. I bet you wanna know how I got this far. I said, I bet you wanna know how we got. 